Third and seven can get a first down at the five-yard line. Rodgers with time. And it is picked off. Justin Coleman right out of the hands and now on the go. Look at this play by Coleman. But I, I can't remember... I don't know if I've ever been a part of a team where we lose the turnover battle by three and came out on top. That just, that's rare. Third down and five. Rogers, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazard. Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. In that fourth quarter, he was certainly calling for Allen. Uh, and, you know, they, those two guys made, made it come to life. So I was really happy for both of them. And there it is. Walk it off and win it for Mason Crosby. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Go. Rainbows high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Packers did walk it off and win last night, 23-22 over the Detroit Lions. A last-second Mason Crosby field goal added win number five to the total. Packers now 5-1. and one. The biggest storyline today, not... Mason Crosby or Aaron Rodgers or the Packers defense or even Matt Stafford or Matt Prater who hit five field goals last night matching and bettering Mason Crosby just a little bit not on any of that but uh, on the officiating unfortunately and I'm sure you've heard it talked about uh, a lot today right if you were listening to David Scrady this morning Bill Michaels in the in the late morning and in the afternoon I'm sure Dan Patrick and Jim Rome hit it as well it's been the theme of today right discussing the officiating from last night. Packers getting a couple, uh, well, let's just say advantageous calls, a couple hands to the face that may or may not have been hands to the face. One, uh, during the most important series of the game, a pass interference call that maybe should have been called that wasn't, right? A handful of calls last night that ultimately helped the Packers come back and win. And you know what? I will admit it. I'll admit it. Not going to pull some Pete Carroll 2012 crap and say that, no, I think the refs got it right from my angle. I, you know, I think Trey Flowers did grasp the fate. I'm not going to, no. No, I'll admit it. Packers got some calls. Absolutely. And it certainly helped them win last night. And you know what? Before the end of the season, Packers will probably be on the other side of one of these games. So you know what, Packers fans? Don't apologize. Don't admit wrongdoing because the Packers did nothing wrong. You just hope that if the Packers are on the other end of one of these games, where they do lose a game because of the officiating, it's not in the postseason. It's not a divisional game, right? And hopefully it's not in a super meaningful Week 15, Week week 16 game, right? Because I'm sure before too long the Packers will be on the other end of one of these games. That's just a, a matter of sports. I'm not actually going to dwell on it today at all. We're not going to talk about rule changes. I'm not going to talk about what the NFL needs to do next. This is not uh, the refereeing sports show, right? This is not the official sports show. This is the Wisco sports show. And I'm sure you heard lots of talk about the refereeing all day long and the officiating, and I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter, you've seen it on Facebook, I'm sure you've seen it everywhere, and you would like to talk about something else. That's certainly how I feel. I hope you feel the same way, because that's what we're going to do. My name is Grant Bills. You are listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. You know what? I give it to Monday night, and I give it to Monday Night Football. I do not like watching my team on Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football to me is like, it's it's a novelty. It's not what it used to be, right? When it used to be on ABC, and they used to get the best matchups, It feels like a novelty. It feels like an arcade game. I don't like watching my team on Monday night. It throws my schedule off. It throws everything off. 
But you know what? I, I got to give it to Monday Night Football last night. I, I had a good time. I didn't want to go to bed, right? Everyone was complaining about Joe Tessitore and, and Booger McFarland today. I actually, look, I thought they were fine. Like, I had a good time last night. And outside of a couple refereeing uh, gaffes, right, and the NFL has since admitted to that today, I thought it was a really competitive game between two very good quarterbacks, two good defenses, two good young head coaches. I thought last night was a lot of fun. Now, it's a little bit easy to say when my team wasn't the one on, on the wrong end of a couple of those officiating gaffes. Now, the language about today's game is a little bit interesting. And if you, if you Google Packers-Lions and you just look at news, right, and you just read headlines, it, it's very clear what people are taking away from yesterday's game, right? Washington Post, NFL admits mistake in Lions-Packers game. As outrage grows, Fox News, Detroit Lions players, Hall of Fame criticize officiating after close loss to Green Bay, right? You don't have to look very far. The language is pretty interesting to me, and I think, and I do think the language matters, right? The, the term robbed, stolen, screwed, right? That call sealed the win for Green Bay. Green Bay didn't lead last night until that go-ahead field goal by Mason Crosby, right? The Packers were not driving and playing keep away from the Lions last night. The Packers were driving to try to score to take the lead. I have a hard time swallowing that the Lions were screwed or that game was stolen or it sealed the win for Green Bay because at the time the Packers were trailing. I'm not saying it was the right call, but let's remember the Packers trailed the entire game. The closest they got was a 13-13 to tie and then they self-destructed, right? You had the, the muffed punt. You, you had the interception that bounced off the face mask of, of Darius Shepard as well. Like it, was, it was a mess. Fought all the way back. I don't, I don't really see how, how this sealed anything. When the Packers were still trailing, they had to either score a touchdown, they still had to make a field goal. A lot still had to happen, and it all comes down to one thing that nobody is talking about today. Nobody's talking about this today. Final score was 23-22, Packers. The Lions scored one touchdown yesterday. One. Seven points. One. One touchdown. And... As I was thinking about this today, I knew that I wanted to make this the emphasis, right, of the opening the opening dialogue of today's Wisco Sports Show. Yeah, the officiating was bad. Yeah, the Packers got a call here and there, especially at a big moment at the end. Lions scored one touchdown. One. And to me, it all kind of comes down to that. After the Eagles game, during Oktoberfest, right, the Thursday night game, I came into work the next day. And I have a co-worker. His name is Scott. He's a salesman here. He texts the show. He calls the show. He is one of the most diehard Packer fans I know, right? He is the kind of guy who would rather the Packers lose and he be right than be wrong about something and the Packers win, right? He, he takes a very pessimistic approach. And I'm not saying, like, that's a bad thing, right? That's just his personality. That's how he approaches sports. And all he had to say to me the day after that game, a, a game where the Packers flopped in the red zone a couple of times and were stuffed at the goal line multiple times, he said, four plays from the one. And I tried to say, but Scott, no, four plays from the one. And you couldn't punch it in. Well, Scott, the receiver, four plays from the one. Well, Devonta Adams got it. No, four plays from the one. That's all he could say. Because ultimately, that's all that, that mattered, right? The Packers did add some injuries, right? Jamal Williams maybe got cheap shot at the beginning of that game, right? They were playing shorthanded. But when push came to shove, the Packers had four chances from the one-yard line to punch it in, and they couldn't. Four plays from the one. Yesterday, Lions, one touchdown. Sometimes it comes down to one phrase, one word, Yesterday was about the Lions scoring one touchdown and one touchdown only. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spin it like that like those calls by the officials were right or, or well no if you look at it at this angle look it's it, it's hard David Bakhtiari's head is jacked up into the air 
It certainly looks like from from the angle from the, where the back judge was, it looks like hands to the face. It wasn't. And I'm not going to lie and say that it was. What it really comes down to yesterday is that Matt Stafford and that Lions offense, one touchdown. One. Just like a couple Thursday nights ago when the Packers had injuries and they were playing shorthanded, right? Four plays from the one. Could knock it in. And sometimes games come down to that. If you look at the play-by-play from the second half for the Lions, it's not exactly inspiring, right? Had the ball five or six times. These are how their drives ended. Punt. Field goal. Field goal. Punt. Field goal. Punt. And these drives go three plays. Minus eight yards. Four plays for two yards. Seven plays for 34 yards. Five plays for six yards. They weren't putting drives together. They weren't even approaching the end zone, let alone the red zone at certain times, right? Matt Prater was a beast yesterday. He should have been the MVP for the Lions if indeed they came out winners, which they did not because they only scored one touchdown. Lions got to turn those field goals into touchdowns. And if I was a Lions fan, if I was a Lions player, I'd say we did enough. We put up 22 points on the road. We took advantage when the Packers muffed a punt. We took advantage when the ball bounced off a face mask or when it came squirting out of Aaron Jones' arms. We did enough. Well, sometimes you have to come over just a little bit more. Sometimes you have to overcome a call or two as well. But in my opinion, what it comes down to, and I'm I'm not lying. I'm not saying that those calls were good calls because they weren't. They were bad. And I'm not going to try to spin it another way. But when it comes down to you, one touchdown. One. And it was on the second drive of the game. After that, field goals, punts, end of the half, punt, field goal, punt. None of those drives going <laughs> going the distance either. A lot of a lot of three and outs, a lot of four or five play drives that, that end very quickly and don't go very far. One touchdown for Matt Stafford in the Lions yesterday. That's what it came down to. Calls certainly helped Green Bay. But if they score two touchdowns instead of one or three, that game's that game's over. Game's over long before uh, the final two minutes of the game, long before that final Packers drive. If you want to talk Packers today, you can. And I see we have some texts coming in on the Five Star Telecom talking text line, 608-796-2558. If you want to give me a call, shoot me a text, you can. I would love to talk Packers. We're going to be doing it all hour long. When we come back, I was thinking about this today. The Packers have had some tremendous performances this year by players, by certain position groups, by a certain side of the ball. They've had a lot of really, really great performances, but they always haven't been great statistically, right? You don't always look at the box score and say, wow, this unit played great today, but they did. You don't always look at the fantasy football total and say, wow, this guy played great today, but he did. Let me explain because the Packers had a couple of those performances last night and those performances were ultimately the reason the Packers were able to be in position to win when they maybe got the advantage of a couple of officiating calls near the end of the game. No, not maybe, they did, right? Not going to lie, not going to spin it in another way, they did. And they were there to take advantage because of these couple of people. And we'll talk about that coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. Packers fans, you're probably feeling good about yourselves today. And you know what? You should. Conversation is based around the officiating, the refereeing, and, and you know what? Rightfully so. On a standalone Monday night game, it's it's going to be the story. That doesn't bother me. Shouldn't apologize for it. Shouldn't have to apologize for it, right? Packers have been on the other side of these games, right? Vikings, Bears fans, if you're listening, 
You've won some games because of officiating. You've lost some games because of officiating. I'm not going to ask you to apologize when you are the winners. And I'm not going to ask you to just lay down when you're the losers. It's the way sports work. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. You want to talk Packers? I'm wide open until 6 o'clock. I know Bill wants to talk Packers. He's driving home. Bill, you're enjoying the win today, right? Refereeing aside, right? You're enjoying the win? Refereeing aside, finally somebody who has the same opinion I do because everybody I talk to today, I mean, they're, they're all they're all yipping about the refs, and I'm thinking, well, if Detroit would have punched one of those in instead of kicking five field goals, it, the, the, uh, the referees is a byline to the story and, you know, instead of the main story. So it's, it's still on Detroit for not punching in one or two of those that, that they turned into field goals. And another thing, the one that they did punch in, it looked like replacement referees because you got one referee yeah. signaling a uh, touchdown and the other one signaling fourth down. Exactly. 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 The one they did get was still barely if he did fall in. And you know what, Bill? It's nice to have someone agree with you, isn't it? Doesn't that just make you feel good? You're, you're the first person all day, Greg. Congratulations. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate it, Bill. Have an awesome night. And enjoy this Packers win. Enjoy being 5-1 and one, because you should enjoy it. You have done nothing wrong, and neither have the Packers. One touchdown, that's all. And the one that they did score on fourth and goal barely made it in, if they did make it in. And I know a lot of Packers fans were saying, well, no, they, they didn't get in. Look, it was really tough to tell. It was ruled a touchdown on the field. There ain't no, they, there's no way that was getting overturned. None. Nonetheless, that was their one touchdown. Five field goals. It would be one thing if the Lions kicked three field goals, right? That's still, okay, that's still a lot of field goals. Five. Five. It's next level. That's all when it comes back to. Lions scored one touchdown in what would have been a signature win and really an announcement that, okay, Matt Patricia and his Lions have arrived, right? The Packers have been doing this thing all season, right? They're 5-1, they're and one, and, and even in their loss to the Eagles, I noticed this, where they're getting performances from players or, or from position groups or from a side of the ball like the offense or the defense or an individual player like Aaron Rodgers. They're doing this thing where they get great performances that aren't based around statistics, Right, They're not based around what a box score looks like or, or what a fantasy football score looks like. And I think there are a couple of examples of that last night. Aaron Rodgers first and foremost. Aaron Rodgers last night, and I was playing against him in fantasy, so I would know. I, I, at no point was I ever really worried. Right, and, and, and Aaron Rodgers had a good night. Right, He had two touchdowns, 283 yards. But he was 24 of 39. Like Nothing great about that. His QBR was only it was 40. It was 41.9. And I don't really care about that. And I don't think Packers fans care about that at this point. And earlier on this season, Aaron Rodgers made a comment where he he said, look, I've accomplished a lot statistically in this league. I just want to win. And I think Packers fans feel kind of the same way, that we've been on this roller coaster ride with Aaron Rodgers where he won a Super Bowl and it was about winning. And then he won an MVP and now, okay, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Watch what he can do. Watch the stats that he can compile week in and week out. And it became about stats. And then in 2014, he won an MVP and it was almost best of both worlds, right? An MVP year and a run to the NFC Championship should have been Super Bowl. They almost came together. And then they got bad for a couple of years and you didn't win and you weren't great statistically. You were 0 for 2. Well, now I think, like Aaron Rodgers, Packer fans just want to see their team win. And if that means Aaron Rodgers has a QBR of 41, fine. Right? If that means Aaron Rodgers only completes 24 or 39 passes, fine. Because I think we are in the same place as Aaron Rodgers. We don't care about statistics anymore. We just want to win. 
And Aaron Rodgers has been doing this all year. And it's, it's hard to describe because he's being great without being statistically great. You need to watch the game to understand. And I know sports people, especially sports radio, sports TV, right? They throw on red zone. They throw on, they watch the highlights. They read the recaps. And that's great. You can get a great read and a great feel for what goes on. But you cannot understand how great Aaron Rodgers was last night without actually watching the game. Because you see his style line, oh, okay, 24-39. Two touchdowns and a pick. Okay, good, not great. Defense helped him out. Got a little boost from the running game as well. Jones had 47 yards. Williams had 104. All right. That's not the full story. Stats weren't great. Fantasy football wasn't great. I was playing against him. In my league, I think he only had, trying to think, only 18 or 19 points, right? And, of course, the, that, that interception is going to hurt his stats, hurt his QBR, hurt his fantasy. That's not his fault, right? But you might only know that if you were watching. You have to watch these types of games. The Philly game was the same way. Aaron Rodgers was tremendous. They didn't win. Stats weren't great, but he was tremendous. Yesterday was a, a case of that as well. He made two throws. Aaron Rodgers made two throws yesterday that were so good, his receivers, who had a case of the drops all night, had no option but to haul it in. The throw down the right boundary to Marquez Valdez-Scantling that that landed in between his tricep, or, or it would be his forearm, his bicep, and his chest. Mark, I, I don't know if Scantling watched that fall in or, or just looked down and noticed the ball was there. That's how well-placed that ball was. After quarters of nothing but passes, hitting receivers' hands, their chest, their face mask, and tumbling to the turf. Roger said, screw it. I'm going to catch this ball for you, too, and dropped it in a place where, where Valdez Scantling had no choice but to haul it in. And then, of course, the touchdown to Lazard, which was much in the same. Both great plays by the receiver, but you could not place a ball better. You almost didn't have to watch it come in. It fell right into the basket and, and had a couple of points of contact already, falling in between the forearm, the bicep, and, and the chest. Those are two of the best throws I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers make. But only one was a touchdown. And if you weren't watching, you wouldn't really get a sense of that. If you looked at the box score, you wouldn't get a sense of that. And statistics aside, win-loss aside last night, I thought we got a couple of different flavors of Aaron Rodgers that maybe we haven't seen in a while. I actually thought Aaron Rodgers displayed, and I should say, from halftime on, because in the first half he looked upset and rightfully so, because he was playing great and everything was still going wrong. I thought Aaron Rodgers actually displayed some signs of vocal leadership yesterday. There was one shot of him around the bench talking to his teammates who were sitting down, which I don't know if I've ever seen. And then some 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 little bits from the press conference that if you weren't listening, if you weren't paying attention and you didn't check it out, they'd go right over your head. One about Alan Lazard. So LaFleur, and, and you heard this in the opener, if you've been here since the beginning of the show, uh, Matt LaFleur talking about how Aaron Rodgers said, you know what, give me Alan Lazard. In that fourth quarter, he was certainly calling for Allen. Uh, and, you know, they, those two guys made, made it come to life. So I was really happy for both of them. Aaron Rodgers going to the wide receivers coach, saying, give me, give me Alan Lazard, get him out here. I'm confident in that guy. I want to throw the ball to that guy. Aaron Rodgers explains why just a little bit in his post-game press conference. First, I, I think... Statistics aside, win-loss aside, Aaron Rodgers had a great game last night. I, I think, I don't want to say off the field, but as a leader and, and as a veteran on this team, I loved hearing this. Uh, I actually sit next to him in, uh, in the team meetings, and we've uh, struck up a pretty good friendship. Um, the thing that, uh, that got me was 
what you love as a quarterback, and that's when your receiver's coming back and telling you he wants the ball and what routes he wants to run. Um, you know, the big first down we had to him on the out route, uh, that was him coming back in the huddle telling me what play he wanted. Um, and for a young guy to do that, how can he not have confidence in that? So Matt was between one or two plays, and I said, go with the first one because I'm going to throw it to Allen and we're going to move the sticks, and we did. Wait a minute. I was, I was told that Aaron Rodgers hated all of the young receivers. Yeah, hold on one second. I was told I was told that Aaron Rodgers had no confidence in any of his wide receivers. That was pretty cool. And, and to be honest, if Aaron Rodgers just keeps his mouth shut, maybe acts in a little bit more passive aggressive way, and doesn't take an active role in in trying to right the ship on offense, they keep rolling with Darius Shepard. Alan Lazard never sees the field, and and I don't think the Packers end up winning. I was told that Aaron Rodgers wasn't a great leader, wasn't a great vocal leader. And you know what? LaFleur also talked about Aaron Rodgers' leadership, his veteran presence on that final drive, right? When the Lions were going to let Jamal Williams score. And LaFleur talked a little bit about how great it was to have Aaron Rodgers out there for that situation. Very situational type play at the end of the game. We have a name for that, a Rolex situation, meaning we want the clock to, to keep running and we're not scoring. So... It was great communication in the huddle, again, led by Aaron, letting the guys know, like, hey, get down, don't score. Um, and then we were able to take the knees, and Mason came through at the end. I think, I'll tell you what, I don't think I would have to tell him. I think he's so on top of, of everything out there in the game, and that's that's the value of having a guy like, like that that has that just veteran leadership, and, you know, there's not much he hasn't seen in, the, in these games. I was told that Aaron Rodgers was passive aggressive and that he was not a good leadership a leader and he was not involved with younger players and with decision making on the field. Huh? That's interesting. And you know what I loved? A side note, I know we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. I, side note, I loved hearing that from Matt LaFleur saying, yeah, we actually have a situational play call for that. When has that ever come up? In the last four years, can you name a time where the opposition has tried to let the Packers score and the Packers have, have either scored or laid down? I can't name a time. But yet Matt LaFleur, first year head coach, Rookie head coach, youngest head coach in Packers history, at least since Curly Lambeau, and he had a play ready for that. He had a, a, a call ready for that exact situation. After years of Mike McCarthy, where I think situational football was piss poor at best, God was that good to hear. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the Packers' defense and why, yeah, statistically they may not have had a great night, but that was a performance that should give Packers fans a lot of confidence that this team can win tough games and maybe do it late on in December and into January as well. We'll talk about that coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Play It Again Sports. You're listening to WKTY, 580 AM, 96.7 FM. And by the way, coming up for this Friday night, you're going to want to both have WKTYsports.com, our website, and our mobile app uh, ready to go. We are in the thick of meaningful, meaningful high school football games. In the last two weeks, man, oh man, I know the Packers game was great and the Badgers whooped up on Michigan State, but that game between Holman and Sparta in the snow up in Holman last Friday night was one of the cooler games I have ever covered. So you're going to want to be able uh, to be streaming. We're going to be in on Alaska this Friday. So... If you've never been to our website, WKTYsports.com, be ready. If you don't have our WKTY app downloaded, be ready. Uh, Because Friday night, the the MVC is just getting going, and hopefully we're 
calling high school football games well into uh, well into the playoffs. We are not talking high school football today, though. We are talking Packers last night, 23-22 winners over the Lions. And I said to start the show, look, we addressed the refereeing. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. I'm sure Dave and Scrady hit it this morning. Bill Michaels, Dan Patrick, Jim Rome. I mean, we had the Rome Report play just a couple of minutes ago, and, and Jim Rome saying the story was not the Packers, not the Lions, but the officiating. Look, to the casual fan who's not a Packer fan or a Lion fan, the, the takeaway is probably the officiating. This is not the official sports show. This is not the referee sports show. This is the Wisco sports show. I don't want to talk about refereeing. I don't want to talk about possible rule changes. We just had a rule change based on a bad refereeing performance, and it's been a mess, and nobody's done anything but complain about it. So, no, I don't want to talk about it today. I want to talk about the Packers uh, and, and how they are 5-1 and one, and how they got it done last night, aside uh, from the boost that a couple uh, officiating gaffes uh, gave them. And they did. I'm not going to dance around it. I'm not going to try to spin it and say, well, it could have been hands to the face if you look at this angle, right? No, they were bad calls, and that's fine. You can admit that. Packers did nothing wrong, and Packers fans did nothing wrong to get five uh, to get two, five, and one. We just talked about Aaron Rodgers and, and how last night he was great without being statistically great. You look at the box score, eh, doesn't jump out at you. Fantasy football score last night, eh, didn't jump out. I was playing him, wasn't able to come back and beat me last night. And Aaron Jones and Geronimo Allison, both who I started, didn't really give me anything. Aaron Rodgers still not able to track my team down. By the way, uh, started with four straight losses, have since won two in a row. So that makes me two and four, and I'm red hot and coming for my league. But that's not the point. Aaron Rodgers is great last night without being statistically great, and I think I think the same about the defense. We mentioned the Lions only scored one touchdown last night, and the Packers' defense deserves a lot of credit for that. If you look at the play-by-play, meaning how all the drives ended, after that touchdown that the Lions scored on their second possession, it went field goal, punt, end of half. Punt, field goal, field goal, punt, field goal, punt. That's not good enough. Five field goals is not good enough at Lambeau, even with Matt Prater, who was stroking it last night. It's just not good enough. Not with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, who has a defense, and that defense was great last night. And once again, statistically, not great. Not amazing, right? They gave up some yards, gave up some points, especially right away. And it's not like they were stacking up the sacks. They had a few. They had three. Zadarius Smith had one. Preston Smith, one and a half. And Kyler Fackrell had a half sack last night, too. And, and Kyler Fackrell played really, really well. Once again, doesn't necessarily show up on the on the box score, on the stat sheet. But a good night from this defense. And you know what? One player we're not talking about today is Jair Alexander, who absolutely... I forgot... I forgot that Marvin Jones Jr. was on was on the Lions last night. That's how tight Jair Alexander had him blanketed. And Kevin King, after a rough start, actually played pretty well too. Just took just took him a little bit. I'm not convinced he's 100% healthy, but I'll take a 75% Kevin King over a Kevin King that's that's never healthy and never plays. Defense last night, not statistically great, but they still had a great performance. Let me explain. The beginning of the game it felt like the beginning of that Atlanta game in 2016, the NFC Championship game, where the Packers had been riding high and everything felt like it was going right. And then they were due for a bunch of stuff. They were due for a fumble. They were due for a a, a, a botch on a punt return or a special teams mistake. And if you remember the start of that game in Atlanta, Atlanta goes out, scores. Atlanta goes out, scores. Packers finally get a good drive going. And what happened? Aaron Ripkowski fumbled. Like it, nothing was going right. It felt right from the from kickoff in Atlanta. Like, it was just not going to be the Packers game. And it felt the same way last night all the way into the fourth quarter when that ball bounced off the face mask at the one-yard line. 
The difference last night was that Packers defense compared to that defense that was in Atlanta. Most of those players, not on the Packers, if in the league at all, they were able to keep the Packers and that offense in the game. And what was so impressive last night is that Packers defense got put in some terrible spots. Terrible. Just count them up, right? The flea flicker to begin the game, which moved the Lions all the way down the field in very short order. The Aaron Jones fumble, which gave the, the, the Lions an extra possession. The muffed punt from Darius Shepard, which gave the Lions not only an extra possession, but put them in immediate field goal range. And, of course, the interception return, which, yeah, happened at the goal line, but the cornerback took it 55 yards. Once again, basically starting the Lions in field goal range for Matt Prater. And the defense gave up some field goals. They gave up five of them last night. But a couple of those were due to the fact that the Lions started in field goal range. And they didn't move. If you look at the drives, if you look at the summary, and I am right now, of some of these field goals in the second half. This field goal drive went four plays, eight yards. This one went seven plays, 34 yards. This one, four plays, two yards, right? Lions were getting the ball burnt near in field goal range. Basically, in field goal range. And that Packers defense holding them and forcing them to only three points and not a touchdown. They didn't stack up the turnovers. In fact, they didn't force a single one. They didn't stack up the sacks, although they had a good enough night. Zadarius Smith had one, Preston a sack and a half, and Kyler Fackerl even getting involved and combining for a sack. He had a half sack. No turnovers, no huge plays, just consistent over the course of the game. All right, man, they got the ball in. They got the ball already in field goal range. All right, hold them to three. Man, we got burned on that flea flicker, which, by the way, all credit to Daryl Bevel, who I think is still an underrated coach, and it's a travesty what happened to him after that game in Seattle because his career was on a trajectory that was going straight up, right? What did they do on the first play of the game? They said, hey, Packers are starting young safety and Will Redmond. Let's test him. Let's run a flea flicker. And it worked. It worked beautifully. And the only reason it wasn't a touchdown is because his Packers defense, which has needed speed for years, finally has some speed in Jair Alexander. Tracks him down from behind, and instead of six, it's three. The Packers' defense last night consistently kept giving chance after chance after chance to the offense, and eventually they burke through. And really, when it comes down to it, talk about complementary football and what makes a great team. What makes a great defense? A defense that continues to get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity back to its offense. Right? That picks its offense up when it's struggling. Why has Aaron Rodgers needed a defense for years? In 2016... Aaron Rodgers didn't need a defense until 2016. He was playing so good, man, it didn't matter. It's for when Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well, or Aaron Jones fumbles, like Aaron Ripkowski did in 2016 in Atlanta, or when a ball goes off the face mask of a receiver and is intercepted, or a punt is muffed. What makes a great defense? A defense that doesn't let that game turn into 24-0, when really Aaron Rodgers did nothing wrong. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Alexander King and Mike Patton especially who had a tremendous night last night continue to turn the ball back over to Aaron Rodgers. All right, we held him to three, man. We're just waiting for you and that offense to get going. All right, here's another shot. We know you guys will break through. Here you go. Chance after chance after chance. That's what makes a good defense. Not necessarily stacking up the turnovers, although that certainly helps. Not stacking up the huge hits and sacking the quarterback eight times, but when it comes down to it, continuing to get the ball back to your offense accruing more and more chances to score points. Packers were great at that last night and minimizing some terrible, terrible situations. 
getting burned by a flea flicker, an Aaron Jones fumble, a muffed punt that put the Lions in immediate field goal range, an interception return for 55 yards that put the Lions in immediate field goal range, right? And the defense able to, to maybe not put out the fire, but keep it low. Don't let those three points turn into six points, and, and eventually Aaron Rodgers in this offense is going to break through. And it reminded me of those, those Badger defenses when Alex Hornibrook was a starter, right? It's like, man, another interception. I, I remember I was at Madison. I was at Camp Randall two years ago when the Hawkeyes played. It, it was a late afternoon game. And that Packer, that, that Badgers defense was not budging. They didn't move. It was one of the most dominant defensive performances I've ever seen. I think Iowa had like 16 or 20-some yards in the first half. It was unreal. It couldn't move. But Alex Hornibrook threw two pick sixes, one of them to Josh Jackson, and and played horrible. Now, on that day, the Badgers' defense was so great it didn't matter. But ultimately, ultimately, the defense's job that day was to minimize the mistakes by the offense, to to, to turn what, what should be six points into three, Minimize the offensive success of Nate Stanley in that Iowa offense, right? And ultimately, just keep getting Hornibrook opportunities. All right, let's get the ball back. Let's get him another shot. Get the ball back. Let's get him another try. And I saw a lot of that in the Packers defense last night. Whereas there wasn't, I don't think, one crazy highlight play. Zadarius Smith had a nice sack, and, and Preston did a great job. Preston Smith on third down of timing up the play clock with the snap count and just coming free uh, past the right tackle. But there wasn't one huge hit to dislodge the ball or one acrobatic crazy interception. No, it was four quarters of minimizing that Lions offense and continuing to get chance after chance after chance to Aaron Rodgers. And that's something that doesn't show up in the box score, doesn't really show up in the highlights, right? But that's the kind of stuff that can win you games. And that's the kind of defense that can win you games even when Aaron Rodgers isn't on the same page with a young receiver or when a punt is muffed or when Aaron Jones for once in a blue moon actually puts the ball on the turf. You have a defense so that a game last night at halftime is 13 to 10 and not 24 or 28 to 10. That's why you have a defense. And last night it worked, right? Brian Gutekinds and that money he spent, those draft picks he spent paying off, winning you a game last night. Hope that continues and hope that this defense continues to improve and get better. So we can talk about more of these types of games and more of, the, hopefully, the Packers winning in tough situations, uh, hopefully into the playoffs, at least late into the season. There might have been uh, one takeaway from the Packers game yesterday that I don't actually think anybody's talking about. We've talked about the officiating, talked about Rodgers and those two incredible throws that he made. And I got a, I got a text on the five-star telecom talking text line from Mike saying, dude, those passes from Aaron Rodgers, it was incredible. Both of them, right? The throws were great. The defense is great. The refereeing has definitely been touched on. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to spend... We only have an hour here. We only have about 15 more minutes. Something that nobody is talking about today. And it's a narrative that switched in the fourth quarter. It was the talk of Packers Twitter. It was the talk of Packers fandom last night until it wasn't. Let me explain. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show presented by Play It Again Sports coming up next year on WKTY. <laughs> Final segment here on the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. We are celebrating the Packers' 23-22 win over the Lions last night. And we should be. And Packers fans, you should be. You should not feel an ounce of guilt about winning last night. Lions did have a lot of opportunities to, to really put that game away. Packers started slow. A couple turnovers. 
A lot of dropped balls, right? Lions had a chance to run away with that. And and, and to be fair to Lions fans, it, it's not their responsibility, right? It's not their responsibility to run away with it. You shouldn't have to win by 14 just to avoid uh, an unfortunate officiating situation. But that is the nature of professional sports, and that's why we love it. That's why we hate it. Packers fans, either way, should not feel an ounce of guilt or trepidation or hesitance about celebrating being 5-1 and one and 3-0 and oh in the division, which really is the biggest part, I, I think, today that we haven't talked about. Packers 3-0 and oh in the division and will not play another division game until they end the year with three straight division games. We can kind of take a deep breath from the rivalry games. Bears-Packers, look, we can just enjoy, we can enjoy ourselves for a while, right? Packers and Vikings fans, we can just enjoy ourselves for a while. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, right? It'll be a nice break for everyone. Tensions are getting a little bit high. Man, there were a lot of big stories from last night's game, of course, officiating first and foremost. We talked about Aaron Rodgers and how even though the box score wouldn't necessarily indicate it, he was tremendous. And the defense, although it wasn't the flashiest performance, really might have been the unsung heroes last night because they were the only reason that this game was 10 to nothing. Or 13 to 10 at halftime instead of 28 to 3 or 28 to 10. Kept him in him. Kept him in there. Another opportunity. Here's another opportunity. Hold him to a field goal. Hold him to a field goal. Right? Not stacking up the sacks or the interceptions or the forced fumbles or the big hits, but just getting the job done. Another big story from last night. This might be the biggest story we haven't touched on. The wide receivers. All right. No Devontae Adams in this game. And they were able to get by against the Cowboys, mostly because Aaron Jones was tremendous. And Aaron Jones, look, their running game had room to work last night as well. It really did. And and in the second half, they went towards a lot of Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is averaging, he's been great this year, as has Aaron Jones. Averaging like some seven odd yards a carry. Aaron Jones a little bit less with with more of a workload. And and certainly that monster run that Jamal Williams had last night. Uh, certainly helps that average just a little bit. He had a 45-yard run. Didn't know he had that in him. So the Packers have weapons, right? But without Devontae Adams, uh, there's not a tight end you love. I personally love Robert Tanyan more than Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. Although Lewis was pretty good last night. But wide receivers, who are you going to throw the ball to? Of course, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is an option. He's shown the propensity to be a great deep ball threat. But you only have two or three of those a game. Who's going to be the workhorse, right? Well, Geronimo Allison had some drops last night and eventually got injured. Jake Kumaro was, he was fine. That's kind of just the, the, the way Kumaro has been this year. And Darius Shepard was awful. He's bad. Muffed punt and, and, and a interception that went off his face mask that cost the Packers six, at least three points. Six or three. Seven or three, I should say. Who are you going to throw the ball to? And it got so bad that Aaron Rodgers was slinging the ball so well hitting receivers in the perfect spots, and no one was hauling it in, that in the second quarter, in the third quarter, Packers Twitter, Packers fandom was livid, saying, you got to trade for A.J. Green. you got to bring back Jordy Nelson. And I got in on the fun. If you follow me at Keystroker Grant, you saw that. I was tweeting at Jordy last time. I'm like, dude, you up? Like, you, are you seeing this? We need you. Come back. Bring back Des Bryant. Right? Trade for A.J. Green. Trade, trade for Larry Fitzgerald. Right? What about Michael Crabtree? And then that conversation kind of stopped. Why? Because of Alan freaking Lazard. Alan Lazard last night, who, Aaron Rodgers, well, why don't we listen to that again? This is Aaron Rodgers going over to the bench and lobbying for more of Alan Lazard. He kind of explained why in his postgame press conference. I actually sit next to him in, uh, in the team meetings, and we've uh, struck up a pretty good friendship. Um, the thing that, uh, that got me was, what you love as a quarterback, and that's when your receiver's coming back and telling you he wants the ball. 
and what routes he wants to run. Um, you know, the big first down we had to him on the out route, uh, that was him coming back in the huddle telling me what play he wanted. Um, and for a young guy to do that, how can he not have confidence in that? So Matt was between one or two plays, and I said, go with the first one because I'm going to throw it to Allen, and we're going to move the sticks, and we did. I like that confidence, and I, both from from Rodgers and from Lazard. And I think that did show a little bit of, of leadership from Rodgers saying, I'm going over the bench and saying, hey, I think Lazard can do this. Let's get him in here. Show some confidence in his teammate and appreciates when that teammate shows confidence in return, right? So Al Lazard comes in, has four catches for 65 yards and a touchdown, including a 35-yard bomb, caught four of five targets, and looked, by all accounts, like the best Packers receiver on the field last night, outside of a deep ball or two to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. For, to put it in perspective, Valdez-Scantling had 48 yards on two catches. One of them went for 46, okay? Not saying he's only a deep ball guy, but there's certainly areas of his game that need to be improved. Lazard looking a little bit more complete, hauled in a deep ball of 35, and hauled in some shorter yards as well, and looked tough after the catch, too. So so are the Packers good? Is that all they need? Is eventually a healthy Devontae Adams? Can Al Lazard get them there? Because, I should say about 20, 25 hours ago, 26 hours ago, we were freaking out. Need a receiver. Trade for a receiver. Make a move. God, this is pathetic. God, this is awful. And then everyone got quiet. Everyone calmed down a little bit. Because Alan Lazard came out. And Aaron Rodgers was showing confidence in him. And Packers fans love that. So I'll ask you this. And and this is something we're going to have to talk about the rest of the week. And probably up until the trade deadline. Unless Geronimo Allison gets healthy and starts to ball. and, And Devontae Adams gets healthy in a hurry and starts to ball. Are the Packers okay at wide receiver? Because I don't know if Jimmy Graham is a guy you can trust. He made a play or two last night, but he also dropped a touchdown. And he they also trusted him in a yards-after-the-catch situation on third down, and he flopped over like Richard Rodgers used to. Except Richard Rodgers can actually catch the ball. So are the Packers good at wide receiver? They need to make a trade. Something we're going to have to talk about, because last night's game, aside from Alan Lazard, who, let's be real, Alan Lazard isn't going anywhere. Hopefully tonight is something that him and Rodgers build off of, but... Hopefully it's not a one-game, you know, aberration. Aberration. Whatever the word is. Who cares? Are they? Do they need a wide receiver or not? Right? Something we're going to have to talk about uh, the rest of the week. The Badgers also got an impressive win this weekend. And the Brewers making a couple of announcements. Things that didn't quite make it into the show that we'll hit tomorrow. And, of course, we'll start looking towards Oakland, the Packers' next opponent. Five and one, baby! And don't apologize for it. Don't apologize for it. Same time, same place. I'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then.